Hello, and welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman-Smith, and this is Words and Pictures podcast number 77. This week, my lovely guest is Jay Darkmore, and he'll be telling us about writing the dark side of fiction, and he writes some pretty scary stuff, I can tell you. But obviously, a really nice guy, so stick around and have a listen to what he's got to say about, um, you know, plumbing into the depths of our darker selves. Interesting stuff. So, At my desk this week, well, at my desk this week, as I sit here recording this, I'm actually at a new desk. Uh, I think I've spoken before about having a bit of a sort out of my writing den here. And it suddenly occurred to me that it would be so much easier if I had just one more bit of desk in order to leave this particular laptop on, and uh, which is kind of where I do all my recording and... um, all the audio stuff and what have you. So uh, off to Ikea I went with my lovely sister and uh, bought myself a little cheap desk, got rid of the odds and ends of a chair and a bit of a table and something else It was in this little space here. And uh, oddly, although I thought, oh, this is going to make the room really cramped, actually the little desk looks tidier and it is really useful not having to move everything to one side and um, you know, every time I want to do a different job. So now I've got three desks in here. This little one, which I've got my sound equipment on. Um, the other bigger desk, which is kind of in the middle of the room, which has, um, you know, like a normal computer on and a keyboard, you know, that kind of thing. And then I've got the graphics tablet to the side, um, which is hooked up to the to the big computer. So, yeah, it's good. And actually, I'm really enjoying having this kind of extra workspace. It's making life quite easy. Um, for example, I want to get on with my editing in a minute, but I just thought the house is quiet. My husband's gone out for a couple of hours. I thought I could just sit here quickly, record this front of the of the podcast and uh, I don't have to faff around and switch everything off and get everything plugged in into a different place. So, yeah, so hopefully, you know, the five or ten minutes it takes me to do that, um, you know, over the year, perhaps it'll save me hours of time. I don't know. But anyway, it's less aggro. So happy days. So what else have I been doing? Um, Apart from kind of concentrating on the podcast a little bit. um, Well, I kind of went back to my book cover for The Midwitch 2 and had a little tweak of it and uh, got it all finished off. And uh, I was able to send uh, the first look of it to my email list, which was a really nice thing to do, because I think if you as my email list is growing for The Midwitch, it felt really special to be able to show them the book cover first. And across social media, you'll see I've got these little, you know, not quite revealing the cover that's out now across social media, kind of showing a little glimpse of it. Um, But if you're on the email list, um, it's lovely because I'm happy to be able to show my readers um, that are keyed on this book, the new cover for Midwitch 2. And uh, apart from that, I've just been getting on with the edits, which is going quite well, actually. I think when you start this job, you think, oh, Lord, it's all awful. But actually, as I've gone on, I'm feeling quite happy with the book. I, I feel I'm, I'm making good changes to it to make it kind of flow better and uh, get it, getting it to hang together. And thankfully, between the two of us, Anna Sharples, my editor and myself, I think we're noticing any, you know, little anomalies in in details and things so that we can get it all working properly and um getting it as it should be so yeah i'm i'm quite excited to um to get that on the way i, I don't know how much longer it's going to take me to finish that i'm it's what day is it today today's wednesday as i record this so i'm, I'm kind of thinking it's going to take me to the end of this week to finish this 
first go through of the edits, but then obviously, of course, I need to go through it again and then put it into the formatting software where I'll read it one more time in the formatting software because sometimes in the formatting software, a few other little things pop up. It's quite interesting. So it's it's all good. So, yeah, getting on with the editing. Right. That's it for me. It's not much to tell you really in this little little interlude. Um, but come and meet Jay. He was really nice to talk to a really, really great guy. I think you're going to be interested into what he's got to say and his insights in the writing life. This week on the Words and Pictures podcast, I'm very excited to invite Jay Darkmore. Jay writes dark fiction and to quote from his bio, he likes to put his characters into terrible situations and then turn out the lights. So pretty scary stuff. But sitting opposite him, he seems like a quite a regular guy, as most horror writers are. I usually find you to be the most well-adjusted people on the whole. Um, so, but I'm going to start with this. So what scares you then, Jay? Apart from editing. Uh, what scares me? So I have, I would say, two. Well, edit, editing is awful. Uh, but that's where the magic comes through, is the editing. Uh, what scares me the most, I would say, I have two phobias. One is yeah. claustrophobia. Uh, don't do well in tight spaces. But that's not as bad. The one which really scares me is thalassophobia, so fear of the sea. Um, there's just something about the deep, dark ocean and like if I go out swimming, if I get a bit brave and I swim and I can touch the floor and then there's just that drop where it's completely black and there's just cold and you can't touch anything and you're stranded out there. Yeah, that's what I quickly turn back. I'm not a fan of the sea at all. Don't like boats, don't like deep water, anything. Like, I mean, I'm fine to go in the swimming pool. That's fine. <laughs> um, if I run the bath a bit too high, get a little bit worried. What, like a lake or a, you know, I think where it comes from is when I was younger, when I was in school, we did some like little horror stories and we did some English folklore. And one of the stories was there was a, a guy who was walking down like the side of a lake or a canal and he sees something called an Azurai. And an Azurai is like, a, it's like uh -huh. a fairy, like, um, imagine like a mermaid. So he sees an Azrai and it lures him in and then the Azrai comes up and pulls him under. And I think from that moment, yeah. I've just been like, I'm not going near deep water again. And it's just kind of manifest and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's what I'm scared of and editing. Yeah, because I find, because I also, I mean, I, at the moment I'm writing quite lighthearted, um, uh, funny, sort of uh, romance -y witchy stuff and it's it's fine but in the past generally my genre was always to write grim dark fiction and i've got quite a lot of that out and um right. i i know and people sort of say oh i can't believe you write such dark stuff and which is probably exactly what they say to you and i always think it's quite interesting but i don't find it frightening when i'm writing it it doesn't bother me <laughs> but perhaps i'm not putting my own fears into it do you have you written any of those sort of deep fears of yourself uh, within within your fiction or are you just making up other stuff because i'm i'm a little bit claustrophobic and i have a funny one i can't bear tight clothes on me yeah which is which is a really funny one so i'm always in a loose i mean an old lady yeah. now but i'm always in a loose flowery frock or something because what it is is not because <laughs> i'm fat it's because i can't bear anything tight on me and, and i hate anything you know even if i have a piece of jewelry which gets a bit i have to take it well, off i can't bear it which is a funny thing but i don't think i've ever written that in any of my stuff I mean, I tried the loose flowery flock, uh, the loose flowery frocks. Yeah, I couldn't pull the colours off correctly, so I kind of had to no. stop those. Um, tight clothing doesn't bother me. Uh, the claustrophobia, it's it's very minor, but it is there. Whereas 
Um, the thalassophobia is definitely like a big one. When it comes to if I've written it in my own work, off the top of my head, I can't think that I have, but I do create I do create scenarios in the stories where I start feeling a bit either worried or if it's if I'm writing some kind of crime fiction, I'm writing I feel that if I'm yeah. feeling something right in the story, then the reader's gonna feel something when they're reading it. So if I'm writing something and I'm feeling bored, I know that that's not a good scene and I need to revise it to make it so that I'm getting a reaction to it and I'm getting some kind of feeling when I'm creating the story. Yeah, I'm, I mostly write to frighten my husband, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Usually works, he goes, oh God, I'm married to a nutcase. <laughs> I think well, he knows that now. Yeah, interesting stuff. Right, tell me about your latest book then, Jay. What's what's your, what's your thing that you've just bought out now? It's a crime, I'm so I'm writing a crime fiction series um, because I have a background in that sort of stuff. So I'm doing, a, I was doing a lot of research into coercive control and also a lot of research into domestic violence and a lot of research into narcissism, personality disorders, etc. So I wrote the third book in the series of the Detective Law Walton series called Deadly Silence. And Deadly Silence takes place of it's essentially a, a domestic homicide where it looks very clean cut. Like, okay, um, they go to a house, the husband's deceased, the partner has been found trying to jump off a bridge covered in his blood, but the partner isn't talking. So we don't get to see what the what the partner actually says to the police. However, we do have a point of view where it is revealed everything what the partner went through. So it talks about, and then our main, main protagonist then has to figure out, okay, well, is it as clean cut as everyone else is telling me it is? Or is there something much more sinister that just happened behind closed doors? And this is a reaction. This is what happened. And then, of course, it's not as simple as that anyway. Uh, with that kind of story, I wanted to convey what it's like to be in uh, a, a domestic violent relationship in that you are being policed at home. You are being told what to wear. You are humiliated. A real, and one of the, some of the feedback I've gotten is it is quite an uncomfortable reading part because mm. Because of the research and the personal and professional experience I've had dealing with things like that, it is like it's like domestic terrorism. It's not just a case of somebody is a bit nasty to you. It's every aspect of your life is controlled and that affects you in so many ways. And yet on the outset, it looks like you are living in a, you know, it can look like you have the perfect relationship, you have the most amazing life. So with the book, I wanted to not only make it entertaining and enjoyable for people to read, but I just wanted to bring awareness and highlight these kind of uh, issues and situations which people do encounter. I've also brought out quite recently uh, a collection of stories. So nowadays I'm doing more crime and thriller, albeit they are quite dark because of my horror influences uh, in the past. But my collection is more of the earlier stories so my horror novels my mystery novels my dark thriller novels and I've, cur I've curated that and i've brought out six books in one which is called into the nightmares which is like i said a collection of my earliest stuff so that way if people pick up one of my early stories and they like it they can go oh actually he's got a big mammoth collection here so it's similar to, say, Books of Blood by Clive Barker or The Bazaar of Bad Dreams by Stephen King. So a couple of projects on the go at the moment. But, yeah, the thing I'm working on right now is will be the fourth book in the uh, Detective Law Open series, which is it's very chaotic at the moment, as is all my first drafts. And no doubt with the story I start in my mind, it's completely different to the story how it ends. But it's 
it's very uncomfortable to write for me because of the description and the situation what happening. So I imagine it'd be a good ride for the reader. Yeah, yeah. And, and are you are you a big planner, Jay, or do you or are you or are you? You say it's a bit chaotic that first draft, or or is it? We just you just go for it, go for it with a couple I don't of six plan. sticky six sticky notes, and on we go. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no jump, I jump don't in. plan a single thing. Uh, from the moment I start writing to the moment I finish the first draft, I don't write. I don't plan a single thing. I tried planning once. And I wrote a huge story graph. I did situations and characters and all the rest of it. And it was supposed to be a thriller story of a man and a woman go away. And one of them's had an affair and they go on uh, like a make or break vacation to uh, to like a lake where they live on a boat. And uh, all these different things happen. And I ended up um, killing the first, I ended up killing the main character in the first draft, in the first um, <laughs> chapter. I couldn't help myself. And then it turned into a kind of weird ghost story. And it's like, you know what, I'll park that for now. Planning clearly isn't for me. And the reason why I don't like planning is I feel that you've already written the book by the time you actually start to write it. And one of the things I love about the creation process is it's that unveiling, that uncovering yeah. and that discoverability of the story as you are, um, as you're discovering it yourself. I mean, people say to me, oh, my God, like what's going to happen in the next book? And I'm like, I actually don't, don't know. know. I have yeah. no idea. I have no idea how the series is going to end. I, I may, may have a vague idea. I may have a small little, you know, idea or a theme which I want to which I want to do in a story. But that often changes as the story goes on. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that is the joy of it. I mean, I, I'm a bit of both. I, I plan um, and I have I have a fairly, I, I, not a plan, like some people have a whole thing and go, oh, sometimes I write dialogue, you know, or, on, on chapter four or something. Well, no, mine's not like that, but it, but I have a basic storyline through and I know where the story is yeah. going. I know what the end looks like. Um, but as I'm writing it, I, I'm like you, stuff just pops into my head, mm -hmm. things things occur you know and I and I know and I as I've been writing longer now I trust the process I feel that yeah. I, I know I, I trust my my imagination is just going to come up with this stuff now oddly going back to this I just have to ask you this just on a purely a purely personal level for my own interest Jay. so just go with it um so I I've suffered all my life from very vivid dark dreams which as an adult and i'd be 60 in a couple of weeks they don't really bother me now. I, I yeah thank you so much i wake up <laughs> and i think oh well there you go that's another one you know but but do you find if you have this kind of dark imagination do you do you are you troubled by the dark dreams or 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 not no you're not i'm sure that... i can tell by your eyes you're actually <laughs> like what is she <laughs> i'm sure well i mean i'm sure that a therapist somewhere would would uh, disagree yeah. Um, but, but I think, I mean, don't get me wrong. I write some, I write things sometimes on the go. I really need don't my head looking at my from. eyes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we all have the darker aspects of the corners of our yeah. mind, which, and I think if people try and suppress that. Yeah. But, but just then... stop you there. But you know, you're, you're a guy, you're pretty cool. You've got your tattoos. You're, you're young and with it. <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm an old lady in the flowery dress. They don't expect the shit that comes out of my head. Well, it's the quiet ones I you need to be know. careful of. It's the quiet one. They're, they're always the crazy ones. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's I love having that that darker side of my imagination. And it, uh, when people write and people create, it really is like a window winter into their soul. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you write about serial killers and things going horrible that you want that to happen. But it's good that your mind can go there. And what I think happens is it's kind of like a split. 
So my day-to-day life, you know, um, everything's fine. But then when I get into writing mode and creating mode, I let that uh, that darkness come out and spill onto the page. And from what people have said is they quite like it. Um, and it's freeing. It's freeing that like you don't have to be censored. You don't have to be. I mean, one thing I get in trouble for uh, from, you know, people on BookTok or readers is I refuse to put in trigger warnings in my stories. Um, I say, absolutely, you know, it's, you read in a piece of fiction, it, you're supposed to feel something. You're supposed to be transported to somewhere else. Um, and some also, people surely, agree, surely some if, people it's, if it's a horror genre, you know, or, or a dark genre, which it obviously is from the book covers that I've seen, mm-hmm. nice covers, by the way. Um, Thank you. But, but you know, you it's, it's obvious it's going to be some dark stuff. I mean, I've had a lot of flack recently for the... For the books that I've got at the moment, these these witchy books, because they've got a bit of sex in them. I don't think a lot of sex, and I don't think it's particularly, you know, I mean, it's graphic, yes, but I don't think it's particularly <laughs> kinky or weird, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I've had I have had a fair bit of flack from this, but and, and it says in the bio in the blurb that it's got some spice in it. It actually tells mm. you. So why are they so upset about it? You know. I think you can't please everybody. You can't you know? please everybody. I mean, yeah. I could do a shopping list of different trigger warnings and contact warnings, etc. And there will still be somebody somewhere who says, well, this this upset me because of my experience. There was a spider so, in chapter three. Yeah, well, I, I have a raptophobia. You didn't warn me. Um, you know, there's there's one there's one story which uh, which I write and. One of my one of my favorite reviews I've ever got. It was a five star review, and the person said he, the author is a psychopath for writing this story, uh, which I thought was a great compliment. Yeah, and it's a it's only a short book. It's called Lorna. It's a it's a dark thriller. It's a dark romance. It says like on the back, it's obsessive. It says, and there's there's one part where the character is walking and he's going to break into someone's house of this woman that he's been following um, and he sees a cat and he, stamp, he stamps on the cat because he is an absolute horrible, horrible human being. Yeah. And that's the thing what people go yes. crazy at. Yeah. You didn't warn me yeah. this was happening. I'm like, hang on, you've got her through 90% of the story by this point. You know this guy is unhinged and he's not a nice person. Yeah. And isn't it funny though, you can torture a human being in a story, but as soon as you hurt an animal, people lose their minds, yeah. which, you know, I can kind of agree yeah. with. Yeah. But but I mean, I don't intentionally try and be. But, the, but there's nothing, nothing that but... shows the horror of a character more than killing killing an animal. Because I I kill a horse in in my dark fantasy. You um, you I, horrible I know, human being. I know, and I've and I've set set the whole story up that this this you know you mm-hmm. know, the, the character loves the animal and blah 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 and when when it dies and the whole thing because nothing will show you more how awful somebody is than if yeah. they did something so terrible. And, um, yeah, I, I can't do children. I can't hurt because I'm an old teacher. I can't go any – that's my that's my thing. That's the only thing I can't cope yeah. with. I, I can't everyone, – Everyone has their yeah, line. I, um, I, yeah, that's that's my line. And and also I can't read anything that's got children being hurt or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, of course. I can't, can't cope with it. But there's an entire genre of, of books about that, you know, yes. like A Child Name It. Mummy doesn't love me. I mean, I read one of them once. Uh, I picked it up at a charity shop and I read it and I got about halfway through and it was like, this is awful. People buy these. But yeah. so you can, I mean, you can say that it, that's not your taste and that's fine. fine um, yeah. There's certain things I don't like reading about. But if I could just skip that part or I could read past it or, uh, you know, I can just go, okay, well, that author clearly I don't like that stuff. 
it's not the author's fault if I don't like what they write. Mm. It's it's just not to my taste. So anyway, I'm, I'm going off on a rant about that sort yeah. of stuff. No, so, no, exactly. But I got in a lot of trouble for it, for, for saying I don't do it. But then that's the joy of being an indie author because we're both sorry the dog's getting up behind us now. Oh, he's yeah, beautiful. That, yeah, she's she's a love. Um, oh. I think the thing is, um, sorry, I've got to cover up because she's. <laughs> I put my. I've got a Springer Spaniel. Oh, and, well, she's, um, she's if, a whippet and she gets really cold. She's so you have beautiful to beautiful black keep, Yeah, she's a poppet. Um, uh, no, no, mind. I can't. <laughs> talking about the dog. Oh, so if, if you write the dark stuff, Jay, you're. I haven't read any of your stuff. Um, but do you, do you still have a happy ending? Do, is it is it basically because I've talk, spoken to other horror writers and thriller writers like yourself, and and some of them say no, it's you know it's dystopian and it's still going to be dark at the end. Or, mm-hmm. or are you basically an optimist? And although all this awful stuff happened, you know, is is there a bit of is there a ray of sunshine at the end? Do you, do you like generally do you like the good to win in the end? It generally depends on where the characters want the story to go. So, I mean, I wrote uh, my debut, which was a multiple point of uh, multiple point of view, um, crime, uh, like uh, gothic, uh, occult, uh, paranormal, horror, thriller thing. And, um, and that initially did have a happy ending, but then I thought, I'm not happy with that. I feel like I've cheated the reader and I've cheated the characters with that. So then I made it. A much worse ending. Because uh, I see um, a video with you on TikTok going, "Oh, and there's a happy ending," and then the, then your other self on the side. Yeah. That, you, that was you, wasn't it? Saying, "Yeah, kill him off." But um, let's do it. It depends. It depends where the story goes. I mean, some some stories, I, I I want the reader to be left feeling something, and I don't want to rob the reader of an experience. So, I mean, I don't want everything to be fine, and then suddenly everybody, you know, gets gets killed or whatever. But at the same time, I have to be true to the characters and where I think the story's going. So if it's heading down an absolute, you know, horror show, it's gonna stay that way. Yeah. Or if we have a good character arc where the character is trying the best to get, you know, to overcome something and succeed, then it depends on how that story turns out. So I don't I mean, some stories do have a less bad ending, some stories do have a bit more of a happier ending, some stories end in blood and misery. I don't know. It's where the story goes. It's not like I don't want readers to think oh, I've read three of his books. I know how it's going to end. I want yeah. them always to be guessing new book. How yeah. is this going to end? Where's this going to end up? Um, I'm not. I'm not too. I'm not too shy to to you know kill off a main character. You know, like Game of Thrones did with with yeah. uh, with some of their characters. No one's safe in my stories. No, and, um, I, qu- I, I quite also like that. Yeah, I know well. what you mean. Yeah, I quite I quite like that. I like to be it's nice to be unpredictable about it. Yeah, absolutely. Because some of the some of the books what I've read, I mean, I read a long standing uh, it's about eight or nine books. It's a, it's a zombie apocalypse book called Mountain Man, uh, by KC Blackmore. Brilliant, brilliant stories. And that, I mean, I won't spoil it, but that I was very happy with that ending. Whereas other books I've read and I'm like, that just didn't fit. But then other stories I've read where it's not been happy ending, it's like it's like a punch in the stomach at the end but it makes sense and it fits. Yeah. I think there's a delicate balance between the end in the story, pleasing the character and staying true to the narrative of the tale as well. It's a bit of a balancing act and you've got to decide, okay, where do you want to go with it at the end? 
yeah it, it's it's interesting stuff and like you say i think you have to be true to the character and not not write to some and i think that's the nice thing about being an in you know we're both independent authors here mm -hmm. um and and what i like about it is nobody is telling me what i'm going to write next time and i've just made mm -hmm. change genres for these last couple of bits that i'm writing i might well go back and write small dark stuff but i can do what i like and i really like that it's a bit like you you know you're yeah. doing the you know you're doing apocalyptic stuff a bit of thriller you know lots of things and and i think that's the the sheer joy of being an independent author do you think um you'll always stick with the independent route i think so i mean i might go hybrid for audiobooks because uh, audiobooks are expensive to produce so if i could get a publisher to take on an audiobook then brilliant wouldn't you, um, wouldn't you but, narrate it yourself though i see i mean i don't know it's a it's one of those things where i would say yes but then i see how much work goes into one and how much dedication time uh, goes into it and I just don't think I would have the time to do it myself. Um, and plus, you know, I'm, I mean, I've got a little bit of an acting background, but not to the skill and professional uh, level which the narrators have. So I think if I was to do it, yes, I would save money, but I don't think that would be the best result for the story. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a tricky one. I'm just doing mine, um, one of these sort of romantic thing, romancy things I've done because it's written in the first person, and the the narrator is you know the the protagonist is an older woman and i she's english i don't think i can go too wrong anyway so i i've recorded the whole book and had a little go at it and then one of my daughters is a sound engineer oh, well wow, that's good it. yeah isn't that useful and she and so is her, so so is her partner yeah and they're, they're quite kind of high up in that world and anyway so she what? had to listen to it and i don't think it was listened to too it sounded too bad and i used to hearing my voice you know because i do this nonsense um and she just said <laughs> absolutely rubbish but what it was was i think i'd set my i'd set my you know because obviously the podcast you don't worry too much you know you're on a different mic mm -hmm. i'm on a different mic you it's we're not in a studio setting you're not looking for a perfect recording well you try and get it as good yeah. as you can but you know if the dog fidgets or we're drinking tea i don't worry too much mm -hmm. about it because of the 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 kind of live vibe of it is what you're looking for yeah. but obviously on an audiobook you're looking for a really 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 clean sound better than anything you've ever yeah. done before and I thought I'd set my thing up quite well and she said basically mum when I come down in February I'll set your stuff up we'll get it sorted and then do it again so I'm gonna have another go. yeah I'm gonna have another <laughs> go so that's a whole book it's not like particularly long but it's like 300 350 pages um but also having done it once it's like I kind of feel that I want to do it again. It's a bit like almost like it's editing. I kind of feel that okay. when I read it next time, I I feel I'm going to make a better job of it. So I'm not too worried. But yeah, I mean, like I say, I have got the sound ed editor daughter who can go through and do a little bit of, um, you know, sorting it out at the end just to make sure it's it's got a really clean thing. Or But really, she says it's all about the setup at the beginning, which I kind of thought, oh, I'll just do it. It'll be fine. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so... I don't know. I mean, I think your voice has got really good character, Jay, and I and I love oh, I love your accent. And you speak really well. As I'm listening to you, you're not making you're going to give me facts. a big head now. <laughs> yeah, but but I would I would have a go at it because it's the cheapest way to do it, and it's maybe it's not it's maybe cheap. I mean you never say never. Maybe in the future, um, but I'm trying to focus more my energy on uh, the creation of the stories uh, first, and then hopefully then 
in the future. I mean, I do have two audio books at the moment. I have uh, one of a short horror story uh, and one which is uh, a larger uh, book called The Everlife Chronicles, which is the first installment in my dark fantasy series. Um, so, and they were both done by professionals. You know, I'm really, really happy with the end result. So maybe in the future, um, I'd certainly like to have more of my books in audio because I enjoy listening to audio books. Um, but when you were just going back to what you said about would I go to Disney published? Um, I, I would have to say no, because I, I'm like you. I really enjoy having the creative freedom. I don't like being told what to do. Um, and I know I've, through doing this, I've been learning how to market, how to network, how to you know speak to people, how to just kind of find your own voice and, and navigate all the all the editing side and everything else. So. Um, and how to outsource other things. So I've I've learned so many different skills, which I would have never have learned if I then went to a traditional publisher. And I know people that are traditionally published and they still have to do everything what I'm currently doing yeah. for less money. Yes, they might get more marketing and more, more production uh, assistance, but ultimately it's them who has to then promote the book and market themselves. And I mean, I'm doing all that anyway. And there is more cost when it comes to uh, being an independent, independently published writer when it comes to the production side. But I couldn't – I enjoy doing all that stuff. And to give somebody else the, the free reign over my story, and if I produce a story, like we're speaking to a lady, um, a really lovely writer. I met her at like a convention a few weeks ago. And she's traditionally published. And she said – I said, oh, what's that like? And she said it can be really frustrating. Because you sign with the traditional publisher and you think, okay, well, you know, this is it now, brilliant. And then what happens is they only reserve their large budget for the big names, which they have signed, mm -hmm. which, you know, makes sense. Um, and she said that they published one book and then basically never promoted it. So that wasn't very good for her. She gets less royalties than mm -hmm. you will do if you publish direct through Amazon or one of the other vendors. And what else was there? Yeah, they said that um, her main, her entire book was centred around um, a vicarage. And at the end, they went, we don't like the vicarage. So she had to rewrite the entire book. Mm. I I just couldn't handle that. No, no, <laughs> now, whether no, I'm a, a no. control freak or whatever, I don't know, but I love creating and I love being able to be in charge of what I create. Yes, it's more difficult. Yes, it's harder. But the reward, not only monetary, but the satisfaction in what you do and what you enjoy doing is so much greater. I don't think you can really put a price on that. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think I'm a bit of a control freak, really. Well, not a freak, but I, I like you say, I like to be in control. I like to have the final decision. I don't want somebody saying, no, you can't have that in there or, you know, this is not the book cover you're having. I'm like, well, because I do my own covers and, and I'm like, right. well, no, I'm, doing what i think you know and i yeah. and, and and so far it's worked pretty well for me um and that's really good i think i think my problem was i used to be a teacher and the trouble with teaching is when i started and i came into it late when i started i had a box of chalk and a blackboard and we did the planning on the back of a fag packet and then by the end of it it was like so prescriptive so that every 20 minutes of your day you had to write down what you were going to do well, yeah. now I'm an independent author and and this is my full-time thing. Um, I don't want anybody telling me what to do. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, yeah, you've had enough. If I want to take the day off or I want to, you know, actually start writing something else this afternoon, it's entirely up to me. You know, I don't have any trouble with the work ethic side of it. 
You know, yeah. I, I'm, and that's I'm, one thing you can't be shy of when you're doing this yeah, yourself yeah. is you, your success or failure stops with you. Yeah, it does. And yeah. if, I mean, like There's no people luck. say to me. There's no luck. No, oh, no, no. That's I mean, yeah. <laughs> I remember I, I got um, my girlfriend for my birthday, bless her. She made me like a lot of little cards and beautiful, really, really nice. And part of what it is, it was... Um, it was like quotes from famous people. And I think one of them was like a philosopher, Homer, or, or you know, one of these other Greek philosophers. Uh, I think it was Hippocrates. And he, he he said something, it was along the lines of, I'm probably butchering it, but it was something like excellence is something which is learned and it becomes a habit. So success and luck are not like ethereal. You can literally learn how to be successful mm. through repetition and doing things right and through working hard and i've had people say to me like oh you know you're doing all this you're doing all that how do you find time and it's because i make time i, I make sure that i do my word counts and i do so much marketing and if i'm tired and i want to take the day off i absolutely can but i earn my rest you know yeah, if yeah if if i have a day off i know i've earned it and yes i feel so guilty if i have a day off yeah. and i watch a bit of tv for an hour or I play on the xbox or whatever because I, I heard a phrase the other day and it says, I'm too busy to procrastinate. And I love that. Yes. I actually love that. It's yeah. Like, yeah, you, yeah, I can't just go, you know, yes, I, even though I'm not going to publish a breathing down my neck, I have to hold myself accountable for the success that I want in the future. And plus I've got readers that are messaging me going, when's your next book? next one? So, yes, I get that. Oh, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, instead of having a publisher, I've got an angry mob saying to me, when are you, when are you next releasing something? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. It's good though. No, I I, I find that because like like some people some people need somebody to hold a stick over them to make them get on with it. I I don't need that. I'm I'm like you. I I've got my list. I've got my work planned out. I know exactly yeah, what I'm doing each know. day. You know, and um, and and pretty much if I've sort of had a bit of time off, if I've sort of gone out for the afternoon or done something, you know, gone being sociable or something, God forbid, um. Then, then I feel that I I want to make that time up at the weekend. I'll do a bit more. I'll, I'll think, oh no, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll be here at my desk. Yeah, I, I my favorite quote is David Hockney, who said, um, uh, "If the muse comes visiting, I want her to find me at my desk." And I think no, that, I, I think that's it. You know. <laughs> so, what yeah. What's your thoughts about inspiration? Do you think uh, you should rely on inspiration, or do you think inspiration is, I don't know, kind of over romanticized? What do you think? Um. I, I don't have any problem with inspiration or, or imagination. It's and it's something I've I've realized that is not particularly it's not particularly unique to me, but I think many people uh don't have a very well developed sense of imagination or they don't they don't feel that they can rely on it. They don't trust it. Well, I, I trust mine, like mm -hmm. you trust yours. I know that yeah. I can sit down and I can just make shit up. And I know I can do that, <laughs> you know, as sure as eggs are eggs. I don't have any problem, you know, just give me a keyboard, give me a quiet room, give me an espresso, I'm off. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I think inspiration is, um, it's, I think it's a bit like what you said before, Jay, if you, if you get, get better at something, you, you can, it's it's a muscle, just like um, just like being able to draw or something. Now I'll mm -hmm. I, I do my own book covers. I'm I'm you know I'm an artist in my own right. Like you know I can draw stuff. But if I haven't drawn for a couple of months, when I get back to it, I feel rusty. But in a yeah. couple of hours, it's there, and I know it's there. 
Whereas when I was younger, I would probably think, oh, I've lost the skill. Whereas now I don't think that. And it's the same with the writing, even if I haven't written anything new and I've just been in the editing process, in the marketing process. But I know that when I sit down, you know, give me an hour or so, it'll click back in. How about you? Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I would say the opposite to that as well. So if you decide that I'm not going to write today or I'm too busy or basically you you don't do the task which you've told yourself you're going to do, that then becomes easier next time. So also the art of, I, I don't want to swear, but the art of not doing it um, is, <laughs> that's a muscle as well. And I mean, I do plenty of stuff outside of writing in order to strengthen that muscle of no, do it. I know it's uncomfortable and I know you don't want to do it, but you have to do it. And if you don't do it, like, like past you want to do it, current you doesn't want to do it, future you wish you had have done it. So listen to them <laughs> too and do it. Um, it's like I have, um, I do ice baths, I do cold showers, I do, I go for runs, I do, um, uh, you know, I go to the gym, I do, I do plenty of stuff physically, which is this the last thing you want to do, but I make sure I do it. So that way, when I sit down at the desk, I've already trained my brain to go, no, it doesn't matter if you don't want to do it, you told yourself you're going to do this. And I know from, writing and creating that yes it might be like pulling teeth to begin with but once you get into that flow and you start yeah. doing it then yeah then it's you know it works and it's great and you know I, I couldn't think of doing anything else really yeah well jake we're nearly out of time so where can people find you online so if you just search uh jay darkmore um you can find my website where you can sign up for my free novella uh, and draw my newsletter you can find me on tiktok instagram facebook Pretty much everywhere. And YouTube as well. I have a YouTube channel where I talk about different topics, including coercive control, thriller, uh, uh, stalking, etc. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, just search Jay Dartmoor on whatever platform you're on. I'm sure you'll find me somewhere. I'm like mold. Once you've got me, you can't get rid of me. Brilliant. So, it's been great to have you on the show. And I'll put all those pleasure. links in the old show notes, Jay. Brilliant. Thanks Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. So really nice to talk to Jay Darkmore. And it's funny who you meet in this author life, um, pretty much over social media. I'd seen him doing a few amusing things on social media, as well as, you know, more serious stuff, talking about his work. And, and I kind of thought, I thought we'd have a good chat. And so I'm really glad he came on and uh, I hope he'll come back. So that was Jay. Uh, as usual, you can find uh, show notes on my website at www.djbowmansmith.com. If you go to that website, you'll find there's a page there for the podcast and there's some, some notes there and anything that I've ever mentioned and including links to Jay's stuff will be on there for you to find if you can't remember anything that we've said, if you're like me. Oh, right. So that's it then. So next week, I'm going to be doing a solo episode as promised at the beginning of the year or the end of last year, whenever it came out, uh, where I'm going to be making a solo episode about once a month where I'll be talking about my own um, writing experiences and uh, what I've learned and different things. Um, so next week I'll be talking about um, that big topic, uh, why you should be an indie author. So I'm an independent author and I'll be talking all about that and, and how it's worked for me. It's not for everybody um, and I'll be talking about the pros and cons and uh, what I think you can get out of it and and what's good and what's bad and that kind of thing. So come back next week and you'll be hearing me having a solo episode talking about um, being an independent author. Okay, well, that's it then. Until next time, I'm DJ Bowman-Smith and this has been the Words and Pictures podcast and thanks for listening. Bye-bye.